I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts, the podcast where nothing is off limits, Josh. Nothing. Nothing. Not even an impression of uh, you. Oh, it's not <laughs> off limits. It is oh, not. Oh, God, I don't know how good it is. It's, it's a best of caricature, I think. But do, do you want to hear something? It's really, it must be hard for you because it's like, go and do it. It's like, because well, like, it's, it's like, do an impression. Performing monkeys. Well, I've it? had it, I've done it in front of people before. I've, I've done it in front of Andy Murray, which is, which is funny. But what, he was so like, what was that like? It was what? just, you know, we both sort of sat down doing a video together and I was like, yeah, it's really interesting to be here. Um, you know, and I was sort of rubbing my face like this and he was sort of also sort of like, oh, do I do that? Okay, that's great. Um, actually, I've got a letter that he wrote. I did a gig for him uh, for his like foundation ages ago. And he wrote me a letter and he was like, you know, thanks for coming. I also want to sort of reluctantly congratulate you on your impression of me. Uh, I'm told it's very accurate. <laughs> Which I thought was great. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> Apparently, um, you do a very good Jimmy Carr impression. Yeah, J- Jimmy sort of has that. You know, it's a little bit like Louis Theroux, isn't it? You know, I was hello, I'm, say, yeah, you know, I'm Jimmy Carr. Welcome to an out of ten cat. It's sort of you know everything's sort of quite nasal and sort of like that. Oh um, my god, that's kind of, great! <laughs> you know his laugh. <laughs> laugh is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I but I create it in a way. So he creates it in the. So he goes like. <gasps> And then, ha, oh, like that. But I can't do that. My, I don't have a throat like a dolphin. Like I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. He's got some quirk in his throat. I don't know what it is. But, um, but yeah, so it's not. It annoys me because I wish I could do the. But I can't. I just sound like I'm choking. <laughs> Who's your favourite person to do an impression of? Uh, I love doing James A. Castleman. Fair play. I, I love him so much. Yeah. <laughs> God, be careful if I swivel my head too much. The bloody uh, if I just, oh, come off, man! <laughs> I love it. You always, you always love that one. Do, it, do, it, do it again. Just keep going. Keep that, going. Uh, uh, recently, uh, recently, that's what it was like. Uh, recently, uh, uh, I was eating uh, uh, an apricot. Fair play. Uh, <laughs> But inside the apricot, it wasn't actually an apricot, it was a, a banana. And I was like, oh, you can't be selling banana apricots, man. That's that, that bullshit. <laughs> uh, I was a bit loud there, sorry. I got, so over, I got overstimulated there. It was a bit loud. That is so good. He must spend half of his life with his eyes closed. It's, it's, it's just sort like... of a tired velociraptor. That's how I sort of imagine James A. Caston. Fair play. It's always so uncanny how you always become. I liked it. Wait, just sorry, just add to that one. I like, yeah. I like doing people that are current. I really enjoyed doing Nadal after he won the Australian. Oh my god, let's hear it. Well, uh, for me, I want to say to congratulate everyone (laughs) for putting me into a fantastic position, playing in a very, very, very good one, and it's uh, important for me. So I want to say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Who else? I love it. Who else? Uh, Well, I mean, I started off doing like John McEnroe. You know, when I first started doing impressions, I mean, John, you know, John, everyone was like, whoa, what the hell's going on here? You know, and the cool thing about John is that. You know, like in the 90s, John was like up here, right? And then gradually over time, it's sort of a bit lower. And you're like, whoa. I mean, you know, Serena Williams, I could definitely beat her. I mean, come on. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else? Um, I, like, I like doing some of the voices that, that like you recognize. Maybe you wouldn't know. 
It's Andy Pudicum who does Headspace. You know, so if oh, we just yeah. close our eyes and just... Just gently closing the eyes, relaxing, feeling the body, the mind, and then slowly opening the eyes, remembering not to lose contact with the breath. I've run out. <laughs> he actually doesn't so, have the best voice for. That is so good. <laughs> I just want to fall asleep though. That is so good. Dude, any any more? Just this is amazing. Who else have I got? Who else have I got on the rope? This is great show? for our content. I did. This is I did Hugh Grant and I did it. Yeah, shit. Fuck. Gosh. Crikey. Uh, oh goodness gracious God. me. Oh, we did. What we're going to do? Josh Whitcomb. You wanted to? Yeah, yeah. Well, Josh Whitcomb. The, the the thing with some impressions is that you can just get into it with a word or a sound. Mm. And Josh Whitcomb for me was always. Um, Oh, bloody hell. I'm looking like a sort of confused blonde hobbit. I mean, who needs that? The same with Dara O'Brien. You know, Dara O'Brien, who presents Mop yeah. of the Week, it was always the sort of, eh, uh, everyone was there, there. You know, right there, 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 there. Eh, uh, there, 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 yeah, there, there, there. No one understands what I'm saying there. Eh, uh, everyone was there. Uh, um, can you do Stephen Fry or anyone like that? Oh, Rory Bremner does such a good Stephen Fry. I, I dare not sort of try and copy it because he, he's, you should look that up. It is genius. Oh my God. Just, your, your ear for these people is just phenomenal. It's amazing. Anyway, we want to hear the we impression. Oh, yeah, impression. Yeah, 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 we haven't had the impression. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of hype and I don't think it's that. Okay. But it, well, it, so this is, so <laughs> this is how Archie did it. And I think there's probably something in it. It's just a lot of like, um, Hey buddy, hey buddy, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, buddy, great, great podcast, but Miss Spencer, Spencer, yeah, hey buddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on Made in Chelsea, it'd be like, no, yeah, she's a very good girl, she's a good girl, she's a good girl. No, she's a really good girl. Yeah, that's, that's actually really good. Well, I don't think it was very that's accurate, really but I think I got the words used. Yeah. Oh, I um, I have this video which uh, uh I want to sort of get up. This is what my voice used to sound like. Which I don't understand that why. Well, before you had coaching, what did you change your? No, no, I, 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 did I you have I, a broad northern accent. Or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, let me see. Here I am on Made in Chelsea. <laughs> Wore the L. She's a very good girl. This is what I. When I just, Great lass. I need to find this thing. But so typically, what happens is your voices go down. Sure. I mean, down. Mine has gone up, and I sound like the biggest douchebag. Like, I cannot believe I had any friends. I can't believe anyone... I, mean, like, I don't know if you did. This, right? is, this is me in 2011 when I had first joined Made so, in Chelsea. So is this, this going to be deep? Huh? This is me when I first joined Made in Chelsea. Here we go. Oh my God, this is terrible. What up, guys? So we're here today. We've just finished auditioning the Candy Kitten Girls for the A-Level Results Party. The Wait, that's you. You sound, same, you sound yeah, a lot deeper. That's me. That doesn't even sound like you. Early budgets are selling out fast. You've gone more uh, husky, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, you sound fresh out of uni, actually. You really do. I sound like a complete idiot. You sound like you're about to sell me tickets to a club I don't want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, some really good girls going down to the club tonight. Honestly, Jamie's made a career out of selling shit that people don't actually really want. <laughs> oh god! So, just when you, when you, um, when was your first ever gig that you did? When was that moment that you were saying like? Well, it may surprise you to learn that I actually started out on the black circuit. Um, I know that seems like a lie, but it is genuinely. Right. Is it really? Yes, yeah, so the, the black comedy circuit. This guy was really nice. He, I mean, I was dog shit, and he very kindly like offered me a gig. Yeah, uh, it was a night in Brick Lane. And I was absolutely smashed. And it went sort of surprisingly well. And then I had some awful, awful bombs, like some some just shocking, terrible. Really? I mean, comedy is full of failure. There is so yeah. any and you sort of have to do that, right? There are so many low moments and low points. I, I, I think so. I, <clears throat> I've spoken about this before, but I did stand up a, a, a couple yeah, of yeah. times. But um the first time I did it, 
you have this sort of weird, like you're incredibly nervous, but it's almost like the crowd realize it's your first time. So they're forgiving. Yes, yes, absolutely. Almost. And then when you do it the second time, because the first time has gone well, you're like, this is easy. Right. And then you get shot down. I never in my life realized what losing a room felt like until you stand up on stage and you lose the room. It's, it's so It is awkward. the worst it's feeling. Awful. It's really painful. It is the ultimate it's humiliation. The audience, it's awful. Right? Painful for the yeah, audience. No one as well. wants to be there. No. You just, what do you do? You just leave. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's absolutely atrocious. I did a gig where um, I have this joke as my uh, political advisor character, uh, Rafe. Um, who, yeah, what does so, Rafe sound like? He just sounds like all the chaps on Made in Chelsea, like all the, all the E's and A's. So, you know, it's like very good and classic. Yeah. <laughs> all the, always those guys are like, they're always surprised that things are going well. You ask them how they're doing. They're like, yeah, me, actually, really well. Like it's that. Well, yeah. All of the fabric of society is kind of woven for you. Oxford Brooks. Yeah, right. Actually, I'm actually doing really well, mate. Your career has been woven for you already, yeah. But I did a gig as him, and there's a joke I have in it about how the joke is every time Matt Hancock opens his mouth he looks like he's being wanked off on a japanese game show that's that's the joke right which sure you find funny right but they fucking didn't and the gig was going so badly and i was like well i've got no other jokes i'm just gonna have to say this and it absolutely it was just total silence and someone actually i think stormed out they found that so offensive it was just when i when i did when i did my one and i said a joke uh i i said it so badly someone asked me to repeat the punchline in the audience And that happened, and then I realised I was about to tell a joke, and I was coming to a joke which was really not going to be funny, and it was about STDs, and um, and I knew it wasn't going to be funny, and so I, instead of finishing the joke, I mumbled over the punchline because I didn't want anyone to hear it because I was so embarrassed about it. And, so, and as I was looking at the room, and, and honestly, there was this moment where you could just hear, you know, when yeah, people like shoving, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh my god, and then once you lose them, there is no going back from it. It's so rare. It's like crashing a plane. It's like a plane crash and then being like, oh, we can fly. It just won't happen. It, well, yeah. I mean, I've seen people win rooms back, but it's horrible. It's, it's the worst feeling. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a sort of odd question, but do you think you have to have a certain mind to be a comedian? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think so. You have to, you have, like, kind of like what I was saying before, you have to be super reflective, super but, like... But break that down. What do you mean reflective? Like, in what sense? You have to think about things more than other people would, I think, mm. in order to notice things that other people don't, right? Because that's maybe one of the reasons we come to comedians, because they, like, are pointing out things that we haven't acknowledged. You have to be just a bit more kind of... Yeah, you have to turn ideas over more, I think. You have to have thought more deeply than other people. But then that, but you know, there's the sort of famous uh, places for comedy, you know, the Footlights, obviously that's a sort of mm-hmm. Cambridge yeah. place. We have a lot of comedians who have come out of Oxford. And so it sort of lends itself to a place where it's quite a sort of intellectual um, 
place to be in, right? Mm. And does that mean you have to be smart to do comedy? Well, I'm extremely intelligent, <laughs> so, uh, which helps. Um, no, I, I, th- it's you. I don't think you'll see any comedians who are, who aren't bright. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And whether that's like in a sort of classical academic sense or in in another sense, like mm. you can't not be intelligent. I think to do it. But that sounds very, very no. It doesn't. It's it's interesting. Smoke up my own. Ass, no, it doesn't, doesn't it? because I suppose I suppose a lot of people listening to this perhaps will want to become comedians, right? Mm. And there's always that thing that, that you want to try and sort of give advice to people who are listening. And I listened to Russell Kane once, and Russell Kane sort of has a um, quite an aggressive view on becoming a comedian. And he says, you know, lots of people always ask me how I become a how to become a comedian, mm. and he says it's a very simple method. You have to um, give up your life for the next five years. Yeah. So yeah. tell all your friends that you're probably not going to see them that much. That also probably includes relationships with any um, any person that you want to be in a relationship with. You have to earn hardly any money for the next five years. You have to gig every single night in pubs and different places where you're going to get booed off stage and all different things. Once you've done it for about five years, you're probably going to be okay. And then you can probably start earning a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years in, after 10 years, you might be starting to make some good money. So it takes 10 years to get anywhere where you want to be in comedy. That's the method. Now go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that interview. I mean, that's, that's, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. And I think, that's certainly what happened to him. I, I, I know that's what I mean. So it, that's kind of a, sorry to cut you off, but it seems like a, a negative output on the industry. I'd say it's probably different now with social media, right? Because yeah, you, agree, you yeah. can propel yourself. I mean, I imagine you've, you've found that. Yeah, I think that, that's definitely true. Like social media allows you, because I, I, my personal belief is that it's just all about hours, right? You have to just do the work consistently. Mm. And I think that's what Russell Kane's getting at, right? He's just like, you have to just put in hour after hour after hour and learn and make all the mistakes. And social media does help you with that because it allows you to sort of see what's working and what isn't. Mm. And then you can bring things onto stage. But but yeah, you, you can't skip that, I think. I mean, I having done like Edinburgh Fringes and all of that and the the, the, the horror of just like, shit, just terrible fucking shows. Just awful <laughs> How many routines. people in the audience? Oh, <laughs> like eight sometimes. <laughs> you know, two of whom are my family members. Just, just, just the worst. And But you have to do that. You have to sort of, throw yourself into the deep end a little bit and uh and and then you know you, yeah you do get better with time but. i think i think people forget that so just are you you're also touring big time is that big exciting time. It's big time baby it's exciting <laughs> to be back on the road though it's great it's there's nothing like the feeling of you know for all of the sort of uh the hard yards you put in early on and and the, and the difficulties of stand up like performing to an audience of people who want to come and watch you is mm. is like the best like it's so much fun um, although I had a bit of a trickier one in Oxford last night. I, I was wearing these trousers, light grey trousers, and I had my phone in my pocket. And my phone torch apparently was on for the whole fucking show. And I came out on stage and was like, why is everyone really distracted? This material normally goes down really well. And then uh, someone afterwards messaged me on Instagram and be like, oh, you realise that like the light was on and it basically just kind of illuminated your left testicle for the entire fucking first half. And I'm like, what the fuck? For fuck's sake. I love that you walked off. Normally people really respond yeah, to I'm this. Yeah, I'm like, God, this is really yeah. good material. Really, really <laughs> checking out my, my package. Yeah, yeah. God. Do, do you still get um, nerves when you go on? Yeah, but I kind of try to reframe it as like adrenaline. I think that's probably the best because I'm also excited to do it. Like I'm excited to have fun mm. with an audience. I think that was a big change in my thinking. Like originally I was like, oh my God, I'm shitting myself. What if this is bad? 
And then I kind of started to think, oh yeah, but what if it's fun? What if it's good? Mm. And that helped me kind of overcome a lot of performance anxiety. That's actually an interesting way to look at nerves. Change it to adrenaline. Mm. Mm. It, it, that, but you have to practice that, right? You can't just suddenly just say it once, okay, it is. Because my biggest thing that I have, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, is how to handle nerves, right? Like right, nerves, right, right. nerves ruin people's lives in terms they don't mm. actually do things because they can't face up to doing it, yeah, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So how, how, you, you, you harness it by telling yourself it's adrenaline. Yeah, I think so. Although, I mean, I wouldn't say the way that my mind has dealt with it is the most healthy way because what it's done is like, I'll be like, yeah, I feel really good for this show and I don't feel worried about it. But then my brain will fixate on something completely irrelevant that's totally different in a totally different domain. Like, well, my leg hurts. Uh, I probably need to get that chopped off. Uh, and then I'll think about that for days and days. <laughs> Quite a bad disorder. Yeah, I've got, I've got a flesh-eating disease uh, because my quad is in pain. Uh, Why so, do we do that as you? It's so weird. It's oh, weird. I feel a bit funky. Is that a heart attack? I don't right, know what's right, going right. on. But it's like whack-a-mole, right? I've, I've waxed down the anxiety about performing and then just like, oh, here's health anxiety. Here it comes. <laughs> Enjoy that, it. Because like, I've stopped boozing and I've now um, taken up kicking puppies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the street that's uh, that's how it it's, works yeah it's yeah. really annoying have, it's have good fun st- have you still not boozed be honest no I've not boozed since no. when uh, two days now uh, <laughs> yeah god it's tough um, you no, just, you've I replaced it with drugs or replaced it with drugs and yeah, uh, punching nice. puppies um, yeah no, I, what am I like day 20 or something <laughs> what am I where am I yeah, <laughs> what day is it 19.78 yeah but do, do you do you drink just before you go on I stage do, I do I went through a stage last year where I didn't drink because um, I don't know about you guys. I put on some timber in lockdown, so I was Did trying, to, uh, I was yeah, trying I to get quite, rid. I got quite chunky. Yeah, yeah I, I, was well. I was drinking like five pints a day. I was just so where gri- at home. Yeah, you at home. A was pint. A, I was not. A, I wasn't in a good place actually. <laughs> I, you know, Operation Fear with the government. They were like, "Oh, coronavirus is coming. You're going to die." I really took that to heart. I watched the news every day. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm staying inside and I'm wearing gloves all the time, and I'm you know spraying myself down with Dettol, but I could still get coronavirus and die. So I was just drinking. You're a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. I was just drinking to sort of try and get rid of all of that, which is obviously just leading me closer to death anyway. Um, so yeah, I stopped drinking to sort of break that. Can we cycle. just reflect on that? It's the weirdest experience that I, we went through. That yeah. lockdown experience is bizarre. Yeah. I was the yeah. same. By 4pm, I was absolutely hammered most days. Well, that's were you it. really? Yeah. But what, so uh, for me, like my days were really geared around like doing social media posts because like the Rafe character I do was like popping and I used mm. to... That used to be like going on stage, and then afterwards would be like after being on stage, so you just smash a, a load of pints and and absolutely <laughs> annihilate an M and S four dip selection. That was so, that was my so life. You would go on social media, do your impression, think that was wicked, and just go get hammered. <laughs> Literally, like, that I'm like, oh look at those Instagram. Come on, so, so <laughs> self congratulatory. <laughs> like, yeah. I used to love it. Go out, and have a, some banana loaf, watch Tiger King. <laughs> Mate, banana bread became my, my my ex would bake every day, and so I just got so fat. Yeah, she wouldn't yeah, eat any of it, and she'd give me like. 20 cookies and a banana bread. I was like, oh. fuck's sake. Right, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, uh, Josh, listen, thank you so much. Uh, where can we get your tickets for your tour? Uh, joshberryofficial.com uh, slash tour or Twitter or Instagram and I'm Josh Berry Comedy on those. Josh, honestly, uh, one of the funniest guys uh, and honestly, your impressions are impeccable. Everything um, is just genius. So I wish you all the success. Before we go, can we have, um, how would Louis through end this podcast? Yeah, I was sort of, I was thinking about that as you said that. I kind of, I come to meet Alex and Jamie and I thought it was great, you know. I sort of feel like we're all feeling a bit shit when the podcast started. But over time, all of our drugs kicked in and we were sort of feeling a bit better. And I sort of left with a feeling of kind of internal peace. <laughs> yeah. Josh Perry, thank you so much. Everybody see you next week. Bye! <laughs>
was interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to do another impression coming out of hanging in your mouth. The episode. Whew, I'm a little bit spent off that one. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, did you enjoy his impression of you? I, I enjoyed his impression. I enjoy Josh a lot. Very funny guy. Incredible comedian. Go and want to watch him on tour. Going on tour. Go and check him out. Yeah, he's got his tour on. I think we should go. I want him. I want you. I think you should heckle him from the crowd, and then he can rinse you. Then he can heckle me back. Yeah. Ah. Um. Hey guys. Uh. I'm gonna say it again. I said at the beginning. Remember to check out our Instagram page and send us some comments, whatever you want. And also go and check out. Go and comment us on on Apple iTunes. Give us a five star review if you want, and send us a little review underneath. It helps other people find us. Find that we're there. Just do it, and then he'll finally stop saying that little bit every podcast. And don't forget, every Wednesday, our bonus episode where Alex and I just chat about different things. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a fabulous day. We love you. We'll see you later. So long. Farewell. Avidaze. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.